0: Workday afternoon replay from Money FM eighty nine point three. Market View on Money FM eighty nine point three. Good afternoon and welcome to Market View Wrap on Money FM eighty nine point three on the last day of January twenty twenty. It is an historical day. It is Brexit Day. Finally, mm-hmm. after all the talking, JP they've gone and done it. Yes. Oh, at least they will when they wake they up. They will <laughs>
1: when they wake up, yes. But today is the day where they start moving out of the house and living separate lives. There's a song that goes that way, right?
0: There are, are books there are books and, and movies songs. and songs. But and... the
1: breakup is happening out in the Eurozone. The UK is I don't know who is, is
0: heaving a sigh of relief. I bet there are some.
1: Yes, I think there are and I think a lot of the Brexiteers are actually heaving a bit of a sigh of relief because I think a lot of people thought there that they were going to get this done. But uh, whether you like Uh, Prime Minister Boris Johnson or not, I mean, you have to say that he, I maybe also just tumbled over the finish line and got it over right. But Mm -hmm. uh, here we are, and we're going to start this 11 month process now to try and formalize actual trade terms between the two countries and try to formalize a new working relationship. And I think in 11 months during this transition phase, you will see the uh, the UK not governed by these EU laws any European Union laws anymore. The Financial Times today had a report that said that uh, Prime Minister Boris Johnson is favoring what they called a Canada-style relationship with the EU, where they will have... Uh, lower tariffs, but border checks. So there's it's the relationship model that he's looking for post Brexit with the European Union. He's going to have to broker some of these uh, new uh, deals, at least with the with the US and other. It frees them up to basically talk to anybody. He basically can put, pull up his diplomatic Tinder and say, "Hey, we can start talking trade with all these other new countries." <laughs> <laughs> you know, Never- leave it the to less. the single guy yeah. to bring
0: up uh, <laughs> diplomatic Tinder. Right. We but, bring Jeff Howie into yeah, this conversation. We heard him. On Monday, as JP Ong's uh, sub today, he's <laughs> Jeff Howie from the SGX, as he normally is. Yes, yeah. yes, I, I So yes, <laughs> What do you think of that diplomatic Tinder comment? Whoa.
2: Yeah,
0: have we got you speechless, then, Jeff? Yeah, <laughs> yeah more so
1: than usual. Matthew probably of Boris Johnson's Twitter, Twitter, Tinder account, right?
0: Okay, now the Wuhan coronavirus has basically swept Brexit news off uh, the front pages of mm-hmm. global newspapers. But do you think today it's going to have any effect on the markets?
1: Well, I uh, I guess I'll just start off and say that um, we're, most of Asia is bouncing back. But again, ever the uh, the, the cynic. cynic, I guess, in the room, you've seen the Straits Times Index revert back to losing ways. We're down to about three thousand one hundred fifty-eight points, twelve and a half points down. But I think the mood, at least, is just a little bit easier. But it's all down to the WHO, the World Health Organization, mm-hmm. saying that yes, this is now a global medical emergency. But they are not; they are stopping short of advising full quarantines and lockdowns and also travel restrictions at the moment, saying people can still travel. I think it's also because a number of health experts, even from from Johns Hopkins University, have actually pointed out that a lot of these travel bans and quarantines do very little naturally stopping the spread of of, sure. of, the, of these things. They're basically inevitable. You can only slow them down by about three days, It is, I think. after
0: all, a virus, not it a is. bacteria.
1: <clears throat> and very, very infectious, too. So I guess this is it. And, um, yeah, we'd love uh, a, a little bit of – just a little bit easier, but nevertheless, we're still in the red. All
0: well, right. So, Jeff, we're down a little <laughs> bit now.
1: Yeah, we are.
2: But uh, predominantly weighed by DBS group holdings, which is down 1.4%. Because so okay. mm-hmm. And that has such a yeah, big weighting on the STI. The STI is down uh, – Four tenths of a percent so far today. Nonetheless, you do have some advances. The mm-hmm. the the Jardines,
0: uh, the three key Jardine mm-hmm.
2: stocks, three of them,
0: three None of the five. None of them are in biotech in any way or, or magtech. No, they've they've been. Uh, <laughs> I'm yeah, just wondering
2: been, why. No, they've been. Yeah, exactly. Well, well, I You're mean, right. they're defensive, consumer staples, right? Like dairy farm was. Uh, remember, it was the. Best-performing stock back in 2018, the least-performing stock of the STI in 2019, and so far today it's one of the better ones. It's
1: up uh, more than 1%. About 1.2% to be exact, actually, yeah. Yeah, and, and the two Jardines, the the, the... the Matheson Strategic, JMHJSH, just uh, to really bring up these uh, figures, Jardine Matheson up by 0.6%, and Jardine Strategic currently trading about 0.3% higher, but all of them comfortably in the green, at least.
2: Yeah, and, and the <laughs> uh, I guess when we discussed... On Monday, Clarissa, mm-hmm. the, especially the rubber glove manufacturers, yep. we, we yep. discussed. Obviously, Riverstone was it Top UG Glove healthcare. and stuff. Yeah, Top Glove and Top Glove's down today. It's down uh, down eleven percent, but it's similar to where it was on Monday when mm-hmm. we were talking. Remember, we said at the end of last year, I think it closed at dollar fifty two, mm-hmm. and it was trading just sub two dollars. Then that's currently where it is right now.
1: Yeah, and uh, just to point out another one of those high flyers and. I think you guys talked about this, too, when I, was, when I was away. Medtechs International, again, one of the top five most heavily traded stocks, but they have reversed course. They're down by 26% so far today. Yeah, Just showing how sensitive some of these, uh, dare I call them sleepers, because you don't really hear a ton about these companies, especially in terms of market movement, until the last couple of weeks. But can we blame uh, investors for flocking to these and giving them more attention? Because, again, they are making some of these products that will be necessary or seen as crucial to perhaps preventing the spread of the coronavirus. Well, it does harken
0: back to your Tinder comment. You know, today you're you're hot and in favour. Tomorrow, it's a bit cold for you.
1: Ah, I see. (laughs) <laughs> I don't know how you got a hold of my dating history. We, but hey
0: you know, we are making Jeff Howie here so uncomfortable. <laughs> no, yeah. should
2: we focus on Bank of England growth exact- forecasts? Exactly. And- sure.
0: Exactly. We should focus on
1: bigger things. Oh, Andrew Bailey. Well, oh, yeah. And I think we, we that it's going to be worth looking at uh, what the Bank of England was talking about. But just to stay on uh, how big the impact of uh, the coronavirus is, you're getting more and more estimates from some of these economists as to how much it's going to be. Morgan Stanley, the other said. They said one percentage point off of uh, China's GDP. Uh, Plenum Economics from uh, China, actually, they're one of the plenum plenum research firm. They said it's going to be even bigger if the shutdown of Hubei province alone continues. That's going to be one and a half percent off. An economist who was tracking SARS last time remembers that SARS cost a total of 40 billion U.S. dollars. Now, Mm -hmm. if you model that against how much more quickly... This is spreading. He says this could be even three to four times higher if uh, the spread is more dangerous. But I think uh, you've brought this up before as well, Clarissa. That uh, yes, this thing is spreading faster, but it's it's not seen as, as serious deadly or, or as deadly or as, a, as perilous as infection. Well, as SARS I mean, was.
0: here here are the facts that we know okay. right now. There are eight thousand infections around the world. That's about that's in a month, and that is about what it took eight months for SARS. To, to come up, up to the same number. However, when you talked about the deaths, the percentage of deaths is very much lower than SARS. Mm-hmm. So that in and of itself proves that this illness is not that um, deadly.
1: I think it's just quicker. I think it's a... Uh, cu- it may be quicker. In, in, in boxing parlance, it's at a lower weight class, but it's moving a lot faster.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, but at that point, that means that we can KO this as well through research and, and you know... One timely hit. Our own... Personal Hygiene Vigilance. Right. Yeah. I mean, you guys are still in the room with me.
2: Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, so. uh, well, yeah, but on that, there are people leaving the room. The uh, we had the Federal Reserve meeting this mm-hmm. this week, and in the, the the one hour press conference, the majority of the questions were on repurchases. Mm-hmm. They were on the pseudo quantitative easing balance sheet uh, moves, as well as uh, the inflation rate. But there was one question, Donna Borak from CNN. She asked uh, Chair Powell specifically about the impact of the coronavirus, and he he did specifically say, obviously, it's a very serious issue, mm-hmm. um, and that you know there's considerable human suffering being incurred and and that that's the, the key focus, but he did also say that they at the Fed Reserve are monitoring it very closely, but it's just too early to tell. There's reports, and this is what the, the reporter at CNN stated, that Ford and Toyota are planning to shut down their assembly plans for an extra week, mm-hmm. so this this be possibly next. Apple is rerouting supply chains, and Starbucks is is going to
1: shut maybe two thousands th- of 2,000, I think, yeah. at that point. That's about half the number of branches they have in China, right. about 40% <clears throat> of their branches. McDonald's has said the same thing as well, right? But
2: all this taking all this into consideration, he is still cautiously optimistic. Your, your favourite word, Clarissa. Absolutely. Two words. Um, <laughs> and, and man, and, and di- green shoots. Yeah. <laughs> really, apparently. <laughs> And he obviously said that there's the lower odds of the hard Brexit, which we just talked about, but high-tech manufacturing industry also, Chair Powell noted that it is rebounding well in Asia, uh, including in China. And mm-hmm. we know the Fed Reserve is watching that closely because that's predominantly one of the key drivers for sure. the success of three rate cuts. Mm-hmm. And he has uh, he also noted that manufacturing PMIs suggest that they have bottomed out, even though some of them are obviously still below the 50 uh, Key expansion threshold, but again, nothing is assured, and it is too early to say what the economic impacts of the coronavirus would say. I know, uh, analysts are out there touting that number because I think it was one percent for us. But I go
0: back to what we talked about on Monday and 2003. Yeah, um, by the end of the year of 2003, the SDI came back really strong. Yeah, up thirty-three percent. You know, so either traders have very short memories. Oh, they have very fast recovery times. And, and either way, uh, it's good for the market. I
1: think it's also I think it's also important to bring up but market behavior. So mm-hmm. when you look at these trends, and it's very easy, and this is speaking as a, as a glorified armchair trader, our analyst here, right? You look at the charts and you say, okay, but it's going to bottom out at some point, and we might rebound by 33% like we do in 2003. Now, if you're a trader on the floor watching all of these losses, that could be a different story because you could be feeling the nerves, the well, pain and at all these today. things, right? And you're, yeah, but you are. But at the same time, when you're looking at these things, who knows what human emotion and behavior will dictate? Mm-hmm. I think this is also why sometimes you see the technicals and the fundamentals not, not fully aligned because we have to take into account the psyche of and market emotions, animal spirits on the floor at that very time and also remember the past is not a 100% indicator of what the future is going to be. This is yeah. true
0: however being yeah. the oldest person in the room right. You said <laughs> it <on> me. <laughs> not by much yeah. Being the oldest person in the room and you know 17 years older and wiser than I was in 2003. Basically, my reminder message to everyone is that, you know, it could get pretty bad on the markets. It could get pretty bleak. That's possible if this gets worse. But it is not a forever thing. Markets always rebound. Mm. And I think, and I believe this very strongly, the SDI is very resilient.
1: Mm. I, I think the question now, and uh, this is something I guess we could also ask Jeff also, there's a very good chance things will rebound and recover, as mm-hmm. you said, but this might be a very volatile or turbulent next couple of months, bumpy. Um, yeah, but what people can you trade actually, like excitement. <laughs> but, but I think I think in the short or medium term, I mean, how, what, how might investors um, perhaps approach some of this volatility? How do we make sure that we don't get so dizzy from this? Do we just say, like, hold on, wait it out, well, be, be, uh, just suck uh, just up? What are the tuck, defensive it plays up? is
0: what you're saying. I don't know, but that's the <laughs> thing.
1: I don't know. Because, again, we've also talked about how this yes, this might bring some volatility, but it's a very sticky kind of volatility, right?
2: Yeah, exactly. And and if the stocks swing around mm-hmm. more, the you generally do have more trading, because yeah. there's more reasons for investors to rebalance or reshuffle. Or And, and of course, many of the local companies here uh, have very, I would say, uh, highly passionate investors Relations teams who sure. love getting in front of the investors at, at, with all the various associations in our village of a marketplace. And a lot of these investors do know the companies very well. They, they've met the management well, they've met the management, they've sat in the presentations, they've, they've read through mm-hmm. the presentations, they know in their own mind the value of the company and the price of the company. Yep. And hence when that price up or down does does seem to deviate from the value, mm-hmm. you do, of course, see a pickup in liquidity. So we have seen increased turnover this week, obviously. Mm-hmm. Uh, with an Numerous stocks moving significantly.
1: Mm
0: -hmm. Okay. Hmm. Which is kind of a far more intelligent way of saying what I said. (laughs) (laughs) Again, you said it, not I. (laughs) I wasn't referring to the part uh, where I said I was the oldest person in the room, mind you. All right. So this is the end of this week. It has been... End of uh, the month as well. uh, End of the month as well. (laughs) It's been a very interesting first 31 days of 2020. Mm -hmm. What do we... Look forward to, to next week.
1: Um, I think next week, let's see if I can look at the crystal ball that I've actually drawn up. Um, <laughs> PMI figures from Singapore for next week. So January has seen a slight, a, a slight softening actually from some of these PMI figures from China. We saw it come in at 50. Mm-hmm. Um, I think the question moving forward now is this uh, coronavirus outbreak has mm-hmm. also seen a number of factories shut down over January. So when we get uh, the uh, PMI figures for February, Sometime in, in, in about a month or so right we want to figure out exactly how badly it's hit some of the manufacturing activity in China because again lower activity also sure. uh, PMI figures for Singapore before this coronavirus outbreak actually started, there were signs of a rebound green shoots cautious optimism oh, your favorite let's bring there. let's bring them all out right. <laughs> (laughs) But now I think it's a time when people go like, okay, is there really a rebound happening? So we've seen mixed data supporting a possible uh, turnaround in Mm -hmm. in Singapore's manufacturing. I think that's going to be one of the big things to watch out for. And also uh, the Reserve Bank of Australia is set to make their policy decision. Um, It's not been easy. Uh, being the Australian economy in the last couple of months too. So what the response of the Reserve Bank there will be also it will be also very telling and not just for the economy there but also for where the Aussie dollar is heading.
0: I didn't uh, check uh, in the last few days but the Aussie dollar is still weaker against the uh, sing dollar, right? Yeah.
2: That's- yeah. No highlights there? No. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> not not at all. Yeah. And uh,
0: do you think that's going to continue to be the case for a while? Or is the Reserve Bank going to make a difference?
2: Look, it, there's, there's that old, other old word, that other old adage, the mm-hmm. two-step. Yeah. And, and look, advanced, advanced economies are having it pretty tough. In mm. the US, we saw sure. – we, we expected it to be stronger in the fourth quarter than it actually was. It's still 2.9% mm. for the year, but we did expect it to be stronger. The UK, remember, that's kept had that interest rate policy meeting, and it's got a lot on its agenda for yep. the next few weeks um, and next few months and next few years. That's still um, – it's seen tentative signs of recovery, mm-hmm. but – it's, it's not out of the woods yet per se. Sure. Um, there,
0: we started this week by saying there's so much uncertainty. I think we end the week on the same word.
2: Mm-hmm. Look, it, but, but if we see growth accelerate this year, and by all accounts, it is supposed to. So, mm-hmm. so especially here in, at home, when uh, it, all the indications are that we officially grew by 0.7% last year. A big drop from 3.1% the year before, 3.6% the year before that. But there's still a lot of take homes and, and strengths in what we saw in our economies, particularly business services, construction, a, and so forth. And
1: plus, and the growth in the biotech and pharma space it, as well.
2: And a lot of green lights in many <laughs> aspects for. Mm-hmm. Uh, Singapore trade and yeah. and ongoing uh, capital flows. We we saw all that we, we saw a lot of retail investors basically on board the REIT train last year, and we also saw a lot of new institutional investors come into Singapore with with some of the capital raisings that we, that we had, both primary mm-hmm. and secondary. The prognosis is, is, is generally good. It's just it's just we need to see the outlook as well. Be mm. the outlooks that we are going to see even more growth. And when you've got the growth rates, the top line growth rate coming in with a more positive growth outlook as as well as uh elements of resilience beyond the top line, sure. That's when you do
0: start to see the series pick up. Mm-hmm. Yeah. All right, and on that very cheerful or cautiously optimistic note <laughs> 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 I'm Clarissa Montero, he's JP Ong, both of us from Money FM 89.3 joined every Friday almost all the time by Jeff Howie from the SGX. He is a strategist at the SGX. <laughs> it is Money FM 89.3. Before acting on the information on MoneyFM, please consider if it's suitable for your own investment objectives, financial situation, and risk tolerance. To listen to more great interviews, download our podcasts at MoneyFM893.sg or download the SBH Radio app available on Google Play or the App Store.